at Alina Health. We care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. More than 7 million Americans over the age of 18 have post-traumatic stress disorder, which can often occur after a person has experienced or witnessed a traumatic event. My guest today is Dr. Sierra Stegan. She's a clinical psychologist with Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Associates in Coon Rapids. Welcome to the show, Dr. Stegan. What is PTSD? And people think of it as only for people who have served in the military, but that's not always the case, is it? Um, definitely not. And thank you so much for having me on today. Um, When I describe PTSD with patients that I work with, I like to describe it as an interruption in the normal process of recovery uh, from a traumatic event. Um, And so a a good place to start is to say that lots of different events can be considered traumatic, uh, ranging from relatively small in scope to relatively um, major in scope. Um, The main piece that would would indicate something is traumatic is how much it tends to affect their uh, worldview or their general sense that, um, you know, of how the world works and how people work, that sort of thing. So when their worldview has been fundamentally altered in some way by an event that has happened to them, um, they, they tend to do things like avoid reminders of that event, um, and, and you do this in a long enough time and in enough ways that um, life starts to get very small, the distress rises, uh, and then we might be looking at calling it PTSD. Certainly not limited to things like combat or, or war zones. Um, the, the two main events that lead to the development of PTSD are combat, but also sexual assault. Um, and that can include um, uh, an even broader array of things, including car accidents, uh, natural disasters, uh, sudden deaths uh, of loved ones, that sort of thing. Are there certain people that are more predisposed to being able to, if they've had a traumatic event, to being somebody who has more trouble dealing with that event or who has these recurring nightmares about it? Is there something that predisposes you to that? That right there is essentially the million-dollar question in clinical research on PTSD. Uh, So we have some ideas in terms of sort of the, the risk factors for PTSD, um, but, but this is definitely an open question. Um, things that up the uh, likelihood that someone may deal with PTSD versus bounce back um, with less issues uh, would be certainly having a history of mental illness. Um, the, the degree of physical injury is another aspect. If you are physically harmed by the trauma as well, uh, that makes it more likely that something like PTSD could arise. Um, the, the amount of social support that you have got in your immediate circle has a, has a big uh, protective effect for not getting PTSD. Uh, and then lastly, other things in your life that, um, you know, may, may complicate the picture, like if you lose your job as a, relation, as a result of the trauma, that also can up the risk for developing PTSD. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just lots of different things that, that probably play into it, and it's, it's a pretty complex interaction between uh, the event itself and the characteristics and the coping abilities of the individual who goes through that event. And what about the family members of a victim? If somebody was in the military and they, they saw some horrific things or a woman was sexually assaulted, and the families can experience this, this feeling as well, too, Correct. Um, well, I think that it's extremely common in the work that, that I have done, but also in the literature, to see pretty major emotional impacts 
uh, on the the family members and people who interact closely with someone who maybe is the 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 experiencer of the PTSD themselves. Um, certainly, we you know can can have a lot of relationship difficulties that stem from PTSD, uh, very much related to um, that change in thinking and that change in behavior related to um, the PTSD thinking itself. So how do you distinguish between an actual diagnosis of PTSD versus anxiety, major depression, clinical depression, any of those? Sure. Um, so that's essentially the task of, of the clinician when we first are having the, the session or two to get started is uh, because there's such a, a strong overlap uh, in terms of some of these symptoms that they may arise simply because of um, uh, depression or anxiety on its own, but there are also major mood and emotional um, pieces of the PTSD picture. Uh, and so one of the first things that we will do is look at um, is the the depression or the anxiety, is that a new thing that has come about and become much worse since the traumatic event? Or is that something that has been an issue for a while and it's been made worse by the traumatic event? Uh, we do our best to tease apart if the, the anxiety and depressed symptoms are um, strictly or solely related to the trauma or if it's something broader that, that we also need to address. Um, now, granted, a lot of the techniques that we would use to deal with PTSD um, are very similar, uh, often with a small or, or, I guess, major tweak to them. Um, so when we use the packages for treatment that are designed for PTSD, um, very, very commonly we see the depression and the anxiety um, come quite a bit down during the process of psychotherapy. So what does treatment look like? Sure. So the, the main treatments for people with PTSD at this point uh, essentially are psychotherapy, and there is some work with some medications, um, but the research is, is still pretty limited in terms of having a, any kind of a recommendation or gold standard there. Now, there is um, a few different gold standard psychotherapies or, or talk therapies for PTSD, uh, and I want to tell you a little bit about those because that's something that I do quite a bit. Um, so there are basically several major psychotherapies that have had a, a broad base of evidence. And what I mean by that is um, researchers and universities across the country and for that matter across the world have done major uh, randomized clinical trials where they have looked at tens of thousands of individuals dealing with PTSD and they have created and they've refined treatment packages that um, they have found to be the most effective tool that we've got to reduce the severity of uh, the fear responses and the avoidance or, or reduce the severity of the, the alterations in how we think about the world and, and other people. Uh, so, so that's the t sort of thing that, that I would do is we're going to use one of these gold standard proven tested therapies uh, and we're going to use that treatment more or less as a package because that way we have at least got um, the, the reassurance of knowing we are doing the most effective thing that we have got um, scientific evidence for. So, so the common factors in these different therapies for PTSD definitely include uh, some education about trauma, about PTSD, uh, about its known effects. Um, and then depending on the therapy, we're either going to delve into um, some of the specific memories related to the trauma itself so we can process them, work through them, and assign some meanings to them that are a little easier to live with. Um, or we're going to go directly at the thinking process itself, 
We're going to help people make sense of bad memories. Uh, we're going to go through feelings like guilt or shame. We're going to look at basically ways of, of pe- helping people to understand themselves a little bit better, to change their relationships to thoughts or reminders of the trauma in a way that helps them to regain uh, access to the positives in their lives that are so often lost due to PTSD. What about medicational intervention? When is that required? Sure. Well, I'm going to defer to psychiatry in this in every case. Um, but I do know that some folks will use um, antidepressant medications, uh, and certainly it's common to use anti-anxiety medicines, uh, but there are pros and cons to those. Um, and there aren't a whole lot of head and, sorry, head-to-head comparisons between the talk therapies uh, and the medications. Uh, so I typically suggest that they talk to me and they also talk with someone from psychiatry about that so they can decide if one or the other or maybe a combination of the two uh, will, will best meet their needs. So what is your best advice, Dr. Stegan, for family members who believe a loved one may be struggling and they're having trouble figuring out how to help this person? Sure. I think the main thing that I heard over and over again from folks I used to treat or do treat that um, are dealing with PTSD uh, with regard to, to their family members is feeling like people don't understand the experiences that they're dealing with. And certainly this, you know, may be the case if someone has been in a combat zone or they've dealt with a military-type setting. Um, there, there's that, you know, sometimes disconnect. But, but even broader than that, um, I would suggest that the family members take some time, whether it be um, online or via, you know, conversations uh, with, with medical providers, uh, to learn about PTSD, um, understand the symptoms, understand things like flashbacks or nightmares, and, and, you know, as much as one can without having lived that themselves, be be in a place where you can understand what you're looking at and, and for that matter, hopefully come at it from a, a perspective of that the person is not choosing to act in some of those ways that can be so difficult. Um, so that's often a good place to start. And that will allow you to offer uh, emotional support and help encourage them to speak with uh, professional uh, providers to get some of that help uh, in a place that, that feels a little more easy to tolerate. So. Um, learning about PTSD, um, offering, you know, support and encouragement, you know, validate what you can see they're going through as best as you can. Um, and then, you know, encourage them if you think it would be helpful to maybe set up an appointment to, to for an initial meeting, possibly, you know, go with them if they would like some of that emotional support. Uh, and just kind of make sure that you're there to listen and give them a place to, to convey whatever it is that they're going through. Thank you so much for being with us. It's such great and such important information. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.